WKBQ, Covington. Live from the Grace Broadcasting Studios in Covington, Tennessee, it's Adam and Chad bringing you the latest in sports from a local perspective every Tuesday night. And now, your hosts, Adam Craig and Chad Gatlin. Catch us live right here on Facebook every week. If you miss us live, it'll be out there so you can watch it anytime you want to. If you want to catch us on an app, you have iTunes, iHeart, and uh, Spreaker.com. And also, if you give us a call, it's 901 475 9355. All right, well, are you serious? You can hear me? I cannot hear myself at all. Like, I don't know what's going on here. Oh, well, something that's something we'll have to. <laughs> Some will have to work on in just a second. But uh, first, let's do what we do every week as soon as I get my papers separated here. In my hands. Where is it? All right, this is embarrassing. There, you wait. Did you get I had to do the lick yeah. your finger thing yeah, to get it set. There we go. All right, I got it. Here we go. Let's do it. It's the rundown. The rundown. All right, the Memphis Tigers were defeated by the rain once again on Saturday when they hosted number 10 UCF. Tigers had a 30-17 lead at halftime, but then the rain started to fall, and along with it, their hopes for an upset. UCF scored twice and won 31-30 after the Tigers couldn't convert on a final seconds drive. The Vols, however, pulled off one of the biggest upsets of the season over number 21 Auburn by a score of 30-24. Garantano shined, going 28-45 for 322 yards and two touchdowns. The Titans lost to the Ravens on Sunday 21-0. Tennessee gave up 11 sacks in the game. First time it's happened in about 30 years, by the way. The Predators are now 5-1 and one and off to one of the NHL's hottest stars. They play again Friday against Calvary. The only the Toronto Maple Leafs have started the year better. In high school football, Covenant won a thriller over South Gibson. Fayette Academy defeated Tipton Rosemark in the annual rivalry in Ripley and Fayette Ware. Both fell to their opponents. That is the rundown. All right. Well, like I said, the Titans gave up uh, 11 sacks. I think that's where I want to start tonight. The Titans gave up 11 sacks in a game. It is a team record for the Ravens. The Ravens used to have Ray Lewis on defense, and they've never gotten as many sacks 
as they got against Tennessee yesterday. It was embarrassing. And now Tennessee travels to London this week to play the Chargers, or is it the Rams? It's one of the L.A. teams. Yeah. They are probably going to get destroyed. How much of this is on Mariota? Because if you get sacked 11 times, your defense kind of, I mean, your offensive line stinks, I guess. But Taylor LeJuan, by the way, highest paid offensive lineman in the league. But it can't all be on them. Some of it has to be that you're not reading the defense right. You're not audible and out. You're not getting rid of the ball. How do you get sacked 11 times in a game? That's yeah. unacceptable. And, I mean, it's the up-and-down career of Marcus Mariota, I guess. But uh, that, to me, that's unacceptable. And some of that blame has to rest on the shoulders of Mariota. Yeah. I mean, I, I, at least 50% or more. He just, um, nah, he, to me, he's just being Mariota. But that's, I, I mean, a lot of there's, I, I even heard other people make remarks. He could have got rid of the ball in certain situations. I didn't see the whole game, but at least out of those 11 times, I guarantee at least four of the five, four or five of them, he could have gotten rid of it or threw it away or made a better decision than whatever he right, did right. because you don't get sacked that many times unless you hold on to the ball too long. So I, I think uh, I blame probably, I'd say more than 50% of it. Now, Lawan's been hurt on and off all year. I think he's kind of damaged goods right now, so I don't blame him completely. So he just got knocked out. He it wasn't like, yeah. There's my sound. It came back. Thank no. you. Yeah, he. I mean, it just. Um, I I don't know. I I don't. I give Lebron a little bit of a pass because he's had kind of a rough season so far. And I mean, he's he's getting paid that much, but when you're physically beat up, when you got knocked bit, out in week two, you think right. that's still the excuse in week seven? I, I mean, being a concussion, there. I mean, that could last all season. But I I mean, it's still no complete excuse, but. I, maybe he shouldn't be playing. I mean, I know they're paying him a lot, but there's certain situations that it question makes you kind of go: Is he playing bad because he's still having problems with the concussion? Because he you know he's not gonna, he's gonna try to be tough and just. Be I think like, he's oh, overpaid okay. in the first place. Well, that too. I mean, I mean that, that's I, I, that don't fall on him. That's the Titans just being stupid. Just watching so. the Titans' offensive line the last couple of years, I've I've thought they're they're overpaid to begin with. The Titans had spent a lot of money. I mean they. Right now, they're about midways in the league on offensive line spending, but uh, they I mean, retool it. They've been, they've brought in people, they've drafted for the offensive line, and nobody's really turned out like they were supposed to turn out. To me, Taylor Lewan has been good, but he's not been great. And uh, when you pay a guy the most, he needs to be great. And then they, of course, Chance Warmack didn't work out, uh, and he, you end up with a few other players on the line. Uh, you know, injuries and things play a role. I'm not saying they don't. But this is – 11 sacks is ridiculous. This is something that, like, the last time it happened, I think it was 1984. Yeah. The last time that somebody gave up 11 sacks in the NFL. And then there were less protections for the quarterback, so defensive linemen and uh, linebackers were more aggressive than they are now. Right. So it's, to me, that stat – there's a lot wrong with that. Now, I mean, like I said, I think some of it goes on Marcus Mariota for not audibling out of situations or getting rid of the ball sooner. Uh, and then some of that rests on the offensive line for not protecting him better. It, it's just, it was a bad situation for the Titans. Now, look, 
they could go to London, turn around, get a win, and they still and still end up looking good. I mean, they're at three and three right now. And uh, no, I'm sorry, yeah, they're three and three. Yeah, three and three. And they're tied. They're a three way tie in their division. And uh, so you know they win on Sunday in in England, and everything could be fine. But uh, we'll have to see. I I still think Mark Mike Vrabel is a great coach and a great coach in hire. I just think that. Uh, well, it's like I said before. Now, Mariota, I, I will say, one of the games this year, best game I've ever, best NFL game I've ever seen Mariota play. The problem is he can't. I would rather have a guy who never dazzled you but was consistently good than a guy who would dazzle you once every six weeks and other than that be mediocre to bad. And to me, that's where Mariota is right now, and that's why the Titans need to – not sign Mariota to a long-term deal after his rookie contract expires this year and just look to grab another rookie. And then while you've got somebody else on a rookie contract, spend more money in other areas so you can compete. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of need to reshuffle everything around. I, of course I haven't cared for Mariota and some of the other stuff that they've done, but it seems like the defense is somewhat better. That, that was my big concern after last year was all, oh, man, the defense is terrible and they've shuffled enough around now where they're, looking better, but the offense is going to have to put up points, and they're just not doing it. And Mariota's just shown me that he's not that guy. So I'm going to I would say – and the offensive line definitely needs to be retooled. They need to pick up some receivers too. Uh, I know some people say certain injuries have hurt on I'm like, well, it, it has, but not to the point where, you know, it hasn't affected Mariota. It's just been Mariota. So I'd be – if I was them, I'd be looking for a quarterback – uh, this next uh, draft and maybe some an alignment and a receiver just to try to mix things up a little bit or look at doing some Now, trading. here's another thing. Uh, so the word on the street is that Oakland's putting Amari Cooper up on the trading block. If you're him. the Titans, you, take you go for Amari yeah. Cooper right now. You can afford to pay him. Like I said, Mariota's still on his rookie contract. You're not paying a quarterback buku money. Right. So what you do is, knowing, especially knowing that you're not going to pay Mariota next year because of performance, sign Amari Cooper now. Even if if he turns Mariota's season around, then that's good too. And so, you, yeah, okay, well, maybe next year you end up paying Mariota if he turns the season around and, you know, they go to the AFC Championship or something, but that's worth it, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think, I, I mean, I doubt that'll happen, but I think while Amari Cooper's on the trading block, Man, pile up some assets, see what you can do. As a matter of fact, they uh, Gruden, I think, is probably ready to divorce himself from Carr. Maybe he wants Mariota. I doubt that. I, I don't doubt think it anybody too. Anybody wants Mariota. I think it's more of. But a, then again, he's, he's going to clean. Gruden has not made any good decisions yet, so no. we'll see. He's got a whole lot of draft picks, though, so he'll have his chance to grab his own. You know what he thinks, but he hasn't drafted well from what I've. I mean, when you from his past first history. of all, not signing Khalil Mack is the worst mistake in the NFL in the last ten years. That that's the worst mistake. Look at what the Bears are able to do right now, just because one player joined their team. It's incredible what Khalil Mack brings to the table, and what's more incredible is Oakland wanted no part of it, knowing yeah. he's one of the best players in the league. It was crazy. Yeah, they just, I mean, it, it made a difference. And it's, of course, now Amari Cooper's being part of it. I mean, because Carr and them haven't performed, whereas Amari we know is a good receiver. And that's what's ridiculous is they're just breaking the whole team apart, which I'm, hey, if it benefits the Titans, somebody, somebody's going to grab Amari Cooper. And somebody else you got to watch out for. 
uh, Atlanta would probably steal him. Uh, they, I don't, they can't do that. I mean, they can't put money. They've already put money into uh, Julio Jones. They can't grab well, Amari I mean, Cooper and have Calvin Ridley. If they, they get know the right they price, pay in a couple of years. I mean, if they got, I mean, if they got the price, they use them for leverage later. And if that's what I'm saying, in a few years, they wouldn't be able to keep them for long because they're, they're all going to produce. But I could see Atlanta using that as a way to stack the deck a little bit. I don't know what their leverage. cap situation is, but I mean, they're paying Matt Ryan and Julio Jones right now. Right. And uh, that's usually when you've got two outstanding player contracts, you can't take on a third. I mean, it, it's, uh, well, it just depends on the perception of what they're trying to trade him for because right now they're they're treating it like Amari's not that great. But, but that's how I Oakland think, treated Khalil Mack. Right, and he's right. the You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows Amari Cooper's worth some money. Right. And Derek Carr has but, limited Amari Cooper as much as anything right. this year. So now if they but if they somehow let him go for cheap, not thinking that. Well, it's know, they then, I mean they, they, it's not right. like that though because he's got a contract, so you have to pay whatever he's getting paid right now. Right. Well, I think he he should be at the end of I think he's at the end of his contract. That might but if they're tr if you're trading, you have to pick up what he's got for the year. Right. I don't think he's got much left. I think he's still on his Well, no, he might not be on his rookie deal any longer. I'm not that I'm not positive about. I think cuz I think that was part of the reason they were wanting to trade him because he's on his end of his deal like it's coming up on it they were they're getting ready to have to pay him and I think that was part of the reason for it, you know. But then again, I don't I'm not sure why they're doing a lot of what they're doing over there. I don't Oakland, know. So they're That's very the uh disorganized place over there Oakland. I mean, John Gruden and I didn't look, I have my reservations about Gruden. First of all, I've always thought it was ridiculous the way people acted like every year or every time Tennessee's job came open or any college job for that matter, people would talk about John Gruden and in the NFL, people would talk about, Oh, Gruden, Gruden, Gruden. I mean, he won one Super Bowl, you know, and that was over a decade ago. He hasn't coached since then. It's not like he's been in the game and coaching at a high level. He hasn't coached since then. At what point, I always said, why do we think that he'd still be good today when he's been out of the game for so long? And I don't know. Maybe he'll turn out to be good. He's on a 10-year contract with Oakland, so they better hope so. But I had doubts about this from the beginning, a guy that hadn't coached in 10 years getting hired. And now he's just showing how far behind the times he is. Right, right. Yeah, because I, I thought that I wondered that about him how that was going to go and how easily he was going to go into that. But don't look like it's working out too well for him. I figured he'd do better in what he's doing, but it's looking like a train wreck. All right, when we come back, we're going to have Jeff Ireland from The Leader. We'll talk high school football. That's next on Adam and Chad, U.S. 51 Country, 93.5 FM. Simply Brilliant. That's what folks are saying about the new Kubota Commander Zero-Turn Mower. Starting at under $4,500, it's certainly affordable. But what makes it brilliant is all the power, quality, features, and value Kubota puts into it, backed by a four-year, 300-hour factory warranty. Now that's a zero-turn mower everyone can get behind. Kubota Commander. Simply powerful. Simply affordable. Simply brilliant. Visit Wooten Tractor, 2031 Highway 51 South, Covington. 
Head coach Penny Hardaway and the University of Memphis Tigers basketball team are poised for a fast-paced and fun basketball season. You won't want to miss a single game as your Tigers host Tennessee, Wichita State, Cincinnati, and UConn at FedEx Forum this season as part of a 19-game home schedule. Season tickets start at just $100 and are available online at GoTigersGo.com or by calling 901-678-2331. Get your tickets today and catch all the excitement as your Tigers get back to business that perfect drive right down the field is usually a balance of runs and passes for protecting what you drive huddle with a Grange independent agent about a new Grange auto policy check with McGowan State Insurance about a Grange auto policy that balances competitive rates and responsive Grange claim service call McGowan State Insurance at 901-476-7137 or visit mcgowan-stittinsurance.com products not available in all states be prepared to be scared out of your mind Jones Orchard in Millington presents the Festival of Fear with Shadowlands and Hangman's Hollow Haunted Hayride every Friday and Saturday night in October beginning at 7 p.m. <laughs> the more faint of heart will prefer the giant corn maze and hayride. Pure family fun. <laughs> Open daily at 7 p.m. and 12 noon on Saturdays and Sundays. For the gory details, go to jonesshadowlands.com. For the chill of a lifetime, don't miss the Jones Orchard's Festival of Fear and the giant corn maze and hayride. The Festival of Fear at Jones Orchard, corner of Singleton Parkway and Paul Barrett Parkway in Millington. The month of October is all about the Festival of Fear. So you already know the Glass Tire and Muffler is the best place for you to go to get new tires, mufflers, rotations, or alignments. But did you know that there's so much more that they do? Glass Tire and Muffler can do a full range of repair and maintenance work on your car, truck, or SUV. What am I talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking engines, transmissions, brakes, oil changes, air, heat, lift kits, towing packages. Starting to get the picture now, right? So stop in or give them a call today. 901-476-7139. They're on Highway 51 in Covington. It's Glass Tire. Tire and muffler, so much more than just tires. Rain continues off and on into tonight. Your News Channel 3 forecast with high temperatures today back in the mid-50s. Lows tonight back in the upper 40s with clearing skies. Partly cloudy for Wednesday. Highs in the upper 60s. Golf season is upon us, and if you have not been to Miramichi lately, you are missing out. A world-class public access golfing experience located in the Woodstock community, located just minutes from downtown. With a look at your latest WREG-TV News Channel 3 Severe Weather Center forecast, I'm meteorologist Austin Onik. U.S. 51 Country Community Calendar. If your church, civic group, or nonprofit organization has an event coming up or important information that you would like to share on the community calendar, we'd love to hear from you. Send the details to Public Service Director in care of US 51 Country, 101 WKBL Drive, Covington, Tennessee, 38019, or visit the website us51country.com and click on Calendar to post your information. Welcome back to Adam and Chad on US 51 Country 93.5 FM. It's going to be fun on the bun. Welcome back. Adam and Chad, US 51 Country 93.5 FM and the US 51 Country mobile app. Join now on the phone like we are every week by the sports editor for The Leader and the Cairo Herald. It's Jeff Ireland. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here. How's everybody doing? We're great. And, uh... Wanted to, man, where's that feedback coming from? Oh, I see. 
Boom. There. I took care of it. All right. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, uh, wild weekend for Covington. Uh, we'll have Marty Wheeler on in the next segment. We want to talk to you a little bit about that game first. Uh, that one came down to the very end. And Covington very nearly lost that game. And really, to me, inexplicably, South Gibson goes for two in the win rather than trying to tie and go to overtime. And and in my opinion, they had a lot of momentum on their side. Uh, and they should have really kicked the extra point and tried to take it to overtime. They wanted to go for the win. And good defense by Covington prevented the two-point conversion. And that gives Covington the one-point win over South Gibson. But it was a scare for the Chargers for a minute. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you see coaches do that a lot in high school for some reason. I, you know, I don't really know whether that's the right choice or not. I guess since they were the underdog, they felt like they had their shot, you know, to, to win it, and they went for it. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty surprising. You know, it's funny. I think when we talked at the beginning of the year, didn't I predict that Covington would lose that game? I think that was one of the ones I predicted they would lose. I think I think, I think you may be right. Yeah, I don't <laughs> have it in front of me, but I actually think that may be right, yeah. But I certainly wouldn't have predicted it, you know, Thursday or anything, but – yeah, I think it's just sort of the classic case of, you know, the Covington guys getting a little bored probably. I mean, I know I'm bored with their season right now just because, <laughs> I hate to say it, but you're just sort of waiting for the playoffs, you know. I mean, they got two games left, and they play Crockett County and Bolivar, and, uh, you know, who, you know, I hate to say well, it, but it doesn't really matter how those games go. And that's something you have to, you know, as a coach, you have to fight against. I'm sure you can ask him about that. I'm sure he's dealing with that. Well, so, yeah, I'm you know, sure they're probably they're... just getting a little bored. I'm sure there is some apathy there, but uh, I think that, you know, when a region championship is on the line, you would think that you would come on out for that one. Uh, and, you know, there we talked to Coach in the post game on the broadcast. There were some things uh, they he talked about they needed to address. Uh, and I, I know that I, I did notice, and it was a, an odd moment, there was – one or two bad decisions I noticed out of players that don't normally make bad decisions from Covington. And yeah. uh, it was it was very uncharacteristic. And I don't know if it was the looks the defense were giving them, but they did seem to get Covington out of sorts a couple of times, which most teams are not able to do. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't see the game. So I'm not really sure how that went down. But, yeah, I mean, it was a surprise. If you look at, you know, the, like the teams that South Kingston had played that they have in common with Covington, it didn't really make much sense. It looked like Covington should have won that game handily on paper. But, you know, it's a cliche, but like they say, I mean, stuff happens, you know. I mean, that's why coaches are always all over their players about taking each opponent seriously. I mean, there's probably a few opponents you don't have to take seriously, but <laughs> they would be one that you, you yeah. would be wise to, you know. And, gosh, it, it does make you realize that Covington is – you know, they're human and they can get beat. So, I mean, right. you and know, and their I, playoff, yeah, I mean, their playoffs, it's, a, it's not, it's pretty challenging, to be honest with you. And I was looking, actually, today, I've got a story coming out Thursday that talks about playoff possibilities. And they're probably going to play Melrose in the first round, Melrose or Tresman. I mean, you know, neither one of them are top teams in the state, but they're both, you know, decent right. teams. So, I mean, and they're going to have to okay, get it together. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's not going to be like, a walkover by any means. So, I mean, they're going to have to, you know, get 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 focused and, you know, get it going. And if I know that coaching staff between Marty Wheeler and uh, and J.R. Kirby and the other guys, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're pretty serious, hardcore coaches. So I, I feel certain they're going to get the players' attention uh, this week in practice. 
yeah, I'm sure they will, uh, especially after that. But I think this is also one of those things that may end up being good for the team when you head toward the end of the season. Uh, be getting scared but not getting beat maybe brings you back around and, and gets rid of some of that apathy that you were talking about and, and gets them ready to go. Uh, Fayette Academy also uh, continued their dominance. They they beat Tipton Rosemark. Of course, Tipton Rosemark is beat up with injuries right now. But uh, Fayette Academy able to get the win over Tipton Rosemark in the rivalry game. And so now two teams in the area, Fayette Academy and Covington, both ranked number two in the state. According to the AP poll, uh, Covington ranked number two behind Alcoa at number one. And everything right now points to a rematch in the 3A championship game between those two. Of course, you got to get through the playoffs, and that is a tough order in itself. But uh, Fayette Academy also uh, coming up big and ranked number two right now in their division. So uh, I, it could be some interesting things coming out of them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're they're really strong. It's I don't. I think wasn't their quarterback hurt last year or something like that. I was asking he got hurt. How this, he, yeah. he got hurt during the year. Yeah, Ruben. right. I was wondering how they made such a huge leap this year because last year, them and Rosemark were fairly comparable teams. I think Academy ended up beating them, but they were fairly comparable teams. But yeah, Fed Academy's taken a huge step forward. So yeah, they're in good shape. And Rosemark, we talked a little bit last week about Rosemark's playoff situation, and actually I looked into it today, and they are in the playoffs already even if they lose the last two games they're in the playoffs the uh the top six teams out of that out of that league make the playoffs so it was the top six but, but um they do have some stuff to play for the way i see it if they win if they win their last two they will get to host a playoff game still they would finish uh okay. fourth in that in that in their league and they would get to uh, host a playoff game so you know they, they've still got that on the table for them even though it's going to be tough like you said they're kind of banged up but they still have that to play for so you know you figure they have a pretty good chance this friday and then Next Friday, we'll see, but um, they, they still have some stuff to play for, so that's good news for them. Yeah, they definitely got to play for a home because it's, I guess, it's the top four that get to host from that. It's confusing. Six yeah, the top four get to yeah, host teams. There's like an, there's an East and a West and Division Two single A. Right. And right. Um, like six from each side go, but then there's like the top two seeds, I think, have buys, and then the Fours, I think the four seeds host games. Yeah, it gets kind of confusing, but yeah, the way I, the way I interpret it, yeah, they'll have a chance to host a playoff game. So that'd be a pretty big accomplishment to do that. Right, yeah, that'd be two years in a row. Yeah, because so Nashville, I think Nashville Christian is just one game because of that loss to Fayette kind of dropped them behind them right now. They're in the fifth position, but you can tell they're only one game away. And Nashville Christian hasn't exactly been stellar. They're two and six right. overall. So yeah, <laughs> that I means think, there's yeah. a good chance they're probably going <laughs> to drop. A couple more games as long as Rosemark at least wins one of the two. I think they may hold the tiebreaker anyway. But it looks like Davidson and Fayette are pretty much up there at the top. And that that's probably going to be a rematch down the line because Davidson and Fayette had a real close tight game uh, just a, was a week before last, I think, when they played. And their game was a it was a one-touchdown decision difference between them and Davidson being the juggernaut they are. Yeah, it was one touchdown difference and it was like a no defense game. It was like 62 to 56 or something. Yeah, yeah, cuz Fayette Academy 7 and 1 and Davidson Academy's 8 and 0, so they're doing that. And then of course you talk about Covington while ago with Crockett County. Crockett County beat Gibbs uh, South Gibson. So, on paper it does it looks like Covington shouldn't have any problem, but after what we saw this past week, I, I, and of course I know if I'm Covington, I want to go into the playoffs undefeated. I don't want <laughs> So I know they're going to have to be kind of ready for Crockett, I'm sure. Uh, uh, Bolivar, that's probably, yeah, that's probably a, you can sleepwalk through that one, but you don't want to take any risk there either because I know the kids want to be undefeated going into that and be ready for 
to get up there and get some revenge against Alcoa because it looks like Alcoa is probably going to be that. Unless Beach comes through. Beach yeah, is well, I want you guys. Well, yeah, when y'all get Will, so I want you to start asking him about Alcoa and, and see, see what he says. <laughs> three, uh, aren't they the, they're like the three time, three three in a row now for Alcoa uh, and state champs? Gosh. I think it might just be two, but I, I couldn't swear to that. Uh, I know that it's at least two. I, I know they yeah. they were a year before and last year. Yeah, I think um, it's two. I think it's two, but yeah, I want you well, to start asking them to talk about Alcoa and see, I want you to see. <laughs> I might listen in and see what he says. I, I will do that. Now, uh, a couple of other teams were off this week, but uh, Brighton, Munford, Bolton, Millington, they all get back at it. Oh, Millington was actually playing this week. They played Dyersburg and lost. Uh, the uh, But uh, everybody getting back into action next week. Uh, Brighton and Munford uh, coming up for a big showdown in a couple of weeks. Uh, and But they've got region games that they've got to get out of the way, too. And that region will probably not be decided until – uh, the final week, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I looked at that today too. And yeah, the way it, way it's going to work is really the Mumford Kirby game doesn't really mean anything as far as Mumford's concerned. Even if they happen to beat Kirby, that's really not going to help them in their playoff chances. Yeah, they've just got to beat Brighton. It's as simple as that. And in, in, in the final week, but Brighton, if they could somehow you know pull an upset and beat Southwind Friday, that would change some things doesn't really change Mumford's situation, but it would change theirs. They would, like, pull into a tie with Southwind, and they would have the tiebreaker on them. So that's a tall order to beat Southwind. But if they did beat them, that would change some things as far as that goes. But if yeah, Brighton if Brighton loses, then the Brighton-Mumford game becomes, yeah, you know, winner-take-all or right. takes the fourth seed and gets to go play Henry County, yeah, you know, the following <laughs> Friday, which is not a, not a great reward. But uh, nevertheless, that's, that looks like that's the way it's going to work out. Yeah, because that, that, that definitely will. Because we were talking about the last few weeks how that game's shaping up to be a big one. And, oh, the interesting fact for you, you're talking about Alcoa. Since 2004, yeah. Alcoa's won every state title except for two. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah I knew it was a lot. I the did only the, two years they didn't win. I remembered from my uh, uh, doing my game research last year that it, it's incredible it's the crazy. number of titles that they have. Class 3 uh, And it, it, it's – but I, I was thinking, yeah, it had been a few in a row too. Yeah. Uh, now, Jeff, I want to – the thing I want to go over with you right now is uh, we've decided to name our semifinalists for the Hat Ads Player of the Year Award. As you know, the Player of the Week is fan voted, but the Player of the Year – is uh decided by well me and adam basically uh, <laughs> okay. and uh now we get other people's input on it but uh we've named our semi-finalists uh and so i want to see agree disagree uh with you here are our semi-finalists for the head ads player of the year award marcus hayes the running back at covington tommy clifton the quarterback at millington rube ray the quarterback at fayette academy Mac Fullen, the running back at Tipton Rosemark. Kenneth Walker, the third wide receiver at Arlington. Keontae Newson, wide receiver at Brighton. Jafonzo Smith, running back Millington. Brock Lomax, quarterback Covington. Nick Johnson, quarterback Brighton. Katarian Moore, running back Ripley. Jashawn Adele, quarterback Munford. And DeAndreas Hayes, running back at Haywood. Now, is there anybody we left out? <laughs> Y'all got enough semifinalists, so yeah, I think you've probably covered everybody. Uh, yeah, I can't really think of anybody that uh, that's missing. You know, you could make an argument, I guess, for some people, but 
you know, I'm only familiar, you know, with the four teams, you know, or the three in Tiffany County plus Rosemark. You know, I don't right. know what kind of what kind of year it's Paige. Paige has quite a few yardage. I don't know if he would be, but you probably can't have too many from one school. Well, and, and Paige has had uh, Paige has had a good year. It's not that he hasn't yeah. had a good year. And I mean, other players. And I said this in our Player of the Week poll too. Uh, I don't get the defensive stats from Covington, so I I don't get to see like actually on paper what the defensive stats are. But right. a guy whose name gets called a lot, Satrickius Hall, he is yeah. a monster on defense for them and deserves some recognition. And it, it's just a a thing where. Uh, you know, there are a lot of players that deserve a lot of recognition, and you just have to try to find the most outstanding players and put them up there. So that that's kind of how we've narrowed it down so far for uh, that award. And then, of course, it, it will, we're going to narrow it down over the next uh, week or two to uh, three to four uh, finalists. And uh, But, yeah, that's where we are right now. Uh, some of the – some of the guys, uh, like I said, Kadarius Page has had a great year, uh, and so it's not a slight necessarily. It just it has to get down. Eventually, the list has to whittle down. Um, but uh, I wanted to bring up real quick Nick Johnson because I think Brighton's season, because of the way Brighton's season is gone, and it, it's uh, uh, you know not as at least so far as surprising as some people as it was last year at least. Nick Johnson, though, has had an incredible year uh, from the quarterback position and has got, to the best of my knowledge, at least from a throwing perspective, the best numbers of any quarterback in the county. And oh, yeah. yeah so he does. He, he's, he's putting up the numbers from the pocket, at least, uh, that are very impressive. Now, Deshaun Adele does a lot on the ground uh, that is impressive, and then I, I don't think anybody manages a game better than Brock Lomax and has the composure that he normally has on the field. But uh, but as far as from numbers in the pocket, Nick Johnson is doing some really great things at Brighton. Yeah, last I looked, there's a, a website, I think it's called Shelby Sports or Shelby, I forgot what it's called. You may have Shelby, heard of it. Shelby Metro Sports. I think that's it, yeah. They, they do a pretty good job of keeping up the, you know, the teams in the Shelby Metro area. And, uh, yeah, last time I looked, Nick was, like, top, three or four at least in, in the area in, in passing yards. Yeah. He may have been like second. I can't remember now, but uh, he, he was right up there. So, yeah, I mean, his, like you said, Brighton hasn't had a good year as they'd hoped for, but he's he's done a good job. He's, he's put up some impressive numbers you know, again. So, yeah, he, I he's say definitely worthy. He's got one of the higher completion percentages around also. Uh, yeah. And he's uh, he's an accurate quarterback and, and really just a guy to watch. Uh, it doesn't hurt to have Keontae Newsom catching the ball a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, this year is this year. And next year, you know, both those guys coming back, you know, if they can fill up some pieces around those guys, you know, I think they'll be, they'll be better next year, it sure seems like. Well, Jeff, we appreciate you joining us. Anything we need to look forward to in the leader on uh, Thursday or, you know, if you're with the Times, Go to CovingtonLeader.com, and you can stay up to date all the time. Uh, yeah, you know, just the usual stuff. It's a little bit lighter on sports since Brighton and Mufford didn't play. But right. I've got a rundown. I've got a five things to know about the playoff picture that's, that'll be in the paper, and I'll, I'll post it probably tomorrow. Yeah, it sort of lays out everything we talked about as far as the playoff scenarios and possible opponents. So that's something that some people can, can look at, you know, for uh, coming down the road here the next couple of weeks. All right. Well, we appreciate you, Jeff. Talk to you again next week. All right, guys. See ya. 
All right. Thanks to Jeff Ireland from the leader, covenantleader.com, where you can stay up to date on all the latest in local news. US51country.com is a decent place for that, too, by the way. And we've got more of Adam and Chad coming up in just a moment. Next guest, next up in the next segment, Coach Marty Wheeler, Covenant Chargers. We'll ask him about Alcoa because Jeff Ireland told us to. That's next (laughs) on Adam and Chad. Community Calendar is brought to you by these fine merchants. Bank of Tipton, it's all about you. Golden Repair Service, Munford Pharmacy, and Brighton Bank. Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home has proudly served families from Tipton and its surrounding counties in their times of need for generations. In fact, Houston Moss is their third generation funeral director. Like his uncle and grandfather before him, Houston will explain all the different options available to your family. Whether you're planning an unexpected funeral or pre-planning your own, trust Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home to make the process as easy as possible. Borden's Furniture in Ripley is celebrating the arrival of fall with an October fall festival sale. How about one quarter off? That's right, 25% off on all furniture when paying cash or your outside financing. And Thornton's Furniture in Ripley will give 10% off with in-store financing. Don't miss this October Fall Festival sale. Thornton's Furniture, Highway 51 in Ripley. The strength of a home begins with its foundation, and the look of a home begins with its flooring. Eubanks Floor Store installs beautiful flooring that's high quality and from brands you trust. Brands like Mohawk, Armstrong, and Mannington. Whether you want sleek new hardwood floors or new designer bathroom tile or anything in between, Eubanks Floor Store has the knowledge and expertise that only comes with over 25 years in the business. Eubanks Floor Store, a Christian-run business located on Highway 51 in Covington, 901-475-4450. U.S. 51 Country, 93.5 FM. Hey guys, it's Luke here. This is Libra. Brad Paisley. Hi everyone, this is Keith Urban. Blake Shelton. Dirk Bentley. Miranda Lambert. Thank y'all for listening, and we hope you guys love it as much as we do. I've got a great idea. I want to start a business. I need shirts for our next reunion. I want this presentation to look amazing. I need my company logo on my company vehicles. The truth is, if you ever, and I mean ever, need anything printed, then you need to meet the amazing folks at the UPS store in Millington. Almost 100% of all the work is done in-house. And trust me, guys, if you want the best print work done in all of Tennessee at prices that will literally blow your mind, get to the UPS store immediately. It's right across from Walmart Supercenter in Millington. Rain continues off and on into tonight. Your News Channel 3 forecast. High temperatures today back in the mid-50s. Lows tonight back in the upper 40s with clearing skies. Partly cloudy for Wednesday. Highs in the upper 60s. Golf season is upon us, and if you have not been to Miramichi lately, you are missing out. A world-class public access golfing experience located in the Woodstock community, located just minutes from downtown. With a look at your latest WREG-TV News Channel 3 Severe Weather Center forecast, I'm meteorologist Austin Onik. Welcome back to Adam and Chad on U.S. 51 Country 93.5 FM. Some people are dumb. Yeah, really. (laughs) 
Welcome back. U.S. 51 Country 93.5 FM, the U.S. 51 Country mobile app, Facebook Live. Leave your comments in the Facebook Live comment feed. And don't forget to vote for the Player of the Week. You have to be a member of the AC Army. Go to the Fans of Adam and Chad Facebook page and join the group. And then you can vote in the Hat-Ass Player of the Week poll. This week it's a head-to-head matchup. Marcus Hayes of Covington versus Rube Ray of Fayette Academy. Both had outstanding games, and a lot of people were off, so it ended up only being two players in the running this week for Hat-Ass Player of the Week. Cast your vote now. Voting closes at 7 o'clock. We'll announce the winner in the next hour of Adam and Chad. But right now, we are joined on the phone by Covington High School head football coach, Marty Wheeler. Coach Wheeler, thanks for joining us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Now, Coach, uh, you guys had a little bit of a scare. And I was telling, uh, I was broadcasting the game because uh, our regular announcer, Richard Vandegrift, called in sick. And uh, so I was there helping out the voice of the Chargers, Mark Strom, and uh, doing the game. And I said to Mark, I said, if they lose this game and and Wheeler finds out that I'm up here, he's never letting me back in the stadium. Well, you know, you're exactly right. And I told you that, I think, after I did the post-game uh, interview with with Mark, I said, I didn't – if I, I – if we would have lost the game, now I know why the game ended up being so close. Once I saw you up there in the box, I mean, you, you know, you are almost a jinx, but uh, somehow or another, we were able to pull it out. So you, you're uh, you're still okay. You're still in the good graces of the Chargers. Well, I'm glad to be, and uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you guys uh, pulled out the victory there. It was uh, it was scary at times, anyway. Uh, for you guys, and of course, at the end there, they go for two, and that's that's it. All comes down to that, and I know you had your guys uh, playing tight defense, and they got it done, and they did not allow uh, them to get that two point conversion, and that's what ended up putting the game away. It was surprising to me that they went for two, but uh, you guys were ready, and the defense was able to shut the play down. Well, I think, you know, as you said, you know, the statement you made about, well, you know, it all came down to the one one play, the two-point conversion, and ultimately it did. But, you know, the things that, that, that took place leading up to that particular play is what got us in that situation to begin with. We, did, we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't do a very good job of executing our game plan. Um, you know, on offense, I didn't think we executed it very well, uh, period. You know, I thought defensively we played – you know, pretty solid in the first half. I was uh, actually pleased with the way we were playing defensively uh, against their running game. They're very good at what they do. Uh, they've had a lot of success running the football this year. And, you know, our, our defense, I thought, really played, you know, as, as good as I could have probably expected um, going into to halftime. But the thing is that, you know, our guys, I think, it, it took seven weeks. I wonder when it was going to happen, but it took seven weeks, and then actually the eighth week for our guys, I think, to maybe start to 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 relax a little bit and listen to what people are telling them, which is how good they are. And you know, what you guys are going, you know, you beat everybody by that, you know, this amount of points is not had a close game. You know, you look at South Gibson's schedule, and if, you, and if you if you pay attention to that kind of stuff, you know, I'm sure. They had played some teams we had played that, you know, the games were very close um, uh, between those teams, and those are teams that maybe we 
it wasn't as close as that when we played them. And I think, man, our guys, uh, our guys, let the, they didn't respect their opponent the way they should. I told them all week that these guys were coming to win. And, you know, I know Coach Stidham over South Gibson, uh, Coach Fischel, they got a really good coaching staff. They're a very well-coached football team. Their kids really do try to do what their coaches want them to do. And what you saw in the fourth quarter was one team, you know, I think the score might have been 28-7 to at at one point and going, you know, early in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. And, you know, everybody wants to talk about it. it was a scare and it was close. And, you know, you guys were – it must have been you guys weren't this, you guys didn't do that. And all those things are true. But, I mean, at the end of the day, too, you got to give staff give some credit. You know, I I, I think the, the, the average person, the fans in the community, they, they – they don't see what we see, um, which they shouldn't. As coaches, we, we had complete, you know, the utmost respect for South Gibson. We knew what kind of football team they had. I think they have gotten better each and every week throughout the season. I think some of the games that they played and lost early in the season, if they played now, they would not lose those games. They've done what a, football, a good football team, a, a well-coached football team should do, which is improve each and every week. And the biggest thing was that I that 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 I respect the most out of their team is the fact that, you know, down twenty eight to seven in the fourth quarter, it would have been easy for them to sort of, you know, take the mindset of well, it's not going to happen for us. They did not right. do that. They not they never gave up. No, they played hard the entire ball game. They executed. I mean, let's just think if they. I mean, I think I don't know maybe three onside kicks that they did. Had they just got one of those onside kicks. You know what would happen. You know, I'll right. be honest with you. They didn't necessarily lose the ball game. They ran out of time. Well, uh, and, and you know, they certainly had momentum on their side. And I do want to say that uh, their quarterback uh, Nolan Stidham uh, put together an impressive two-minute drill at the end oh, of the yeah. game. I mean, he just marched his team right down the field through the air, and uh, they were a completely different team in the second half. You have to give them credit for their halftime adjustments because honestly. I felt I thought they were waving the white flag at halftime because they had some time left on the clock and didn't try to get the ball down the field at halftime. But they went in, made some adjustments, and came out and gave you a game. I think maybe our players, along with uh, some other folks, thought that they were they were waving the the white flag, so to speak. I I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I had, I had somebody this week apologize to me for not being at the game, and I said, well. That was at the game earlier, you know, during senior night. I said, "Well, you were at the game." I said, "Well, I left at halftime because, you know, I thought." And I said, "You know what? I think our players left with you because we, we did not show up in the second half." And I'll be honest with you, we, that's not been what we've done all year. We've been a team that probably got stronger throughout the game and played and was even better in the second half than we were in the first half, which was really. Uh, surprising to me to see, very disappointing as a coach and as a coach staff to see our guys just go away. You know, just it's like they they left mentally, uh, which led to being not executing physically. And, and you know, I give them credit. I give South give some credit, but also you know we self imposed you know some of the problems that we had. You know, we didn't we didn't move the ball in the fourth quarter offensively. If we if we're moving the ball like we're you know accustomed to and we've done all year long, then you know, they don't have those opportunities. Our defense was on the field way too long, you know, in the fourth quarter and even in the second half. We just we just we we threw away opportunity after opportunity in the second half to put them away and a good football team 
when you do that, we'll we'll make it. You know, it'll come back to get you. And you know, they did that. I mean, I will say our guys were able to, you know, to to uh, make one more play than they did as far as uh, the two point play. But you know, it was it was really I was really disappointed and 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 upset that it, that we were in that situation where if they execute this play, you know, not only are we going to lose the game, but what a lot of people didn't really realize probably because of you know, all of us went on this year. We're going to lose the region championship. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, not playing your best and losing a game, I think, gets your attention. It does. But uh, you want those – those are what you schedule non-region opponents for. Right, is to, right. to Is if you need your attention, guy, it needs to be in those games. You don't need the, – the, the, I said this all week to our guys, and I've said it, you know – uh, to the newspaper, the thing is, the 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 biggest goal you can achieve in the regular season is a region championship. That's the biggest goal you can achieve, and that's a goal that we have every year. We had opportunity, you know, there to play. We're playing for a region championship to to be back to back region champions for the first time in a long time, you know. And, and our guys, they lost focus. We lost all focus and, and concept of what's really going on there, and we almost. We almost put ourselves in a situation where uh, our regular season would have been a disappointment, and, and wow. that's that's hard. You know, that's disappointing, but also it's uh, you, it's it, it should be a wake up call for everybody, not just the players. So it should be a wake up call for the coaches as well. And uh, I think that uh, for the most part, that it has been. And maybe for the fans a little bit, too, right. uh, just because you can't make assumptions and you have to kind of, you know, be out there and supporting your team. But uh, you guys are Region 7 champions for the second year in a row, and uh, you were able to get it done. And I wanted to ask you about something. We had Jeff Ireland on in the last segment, so he uh, told me to ask you about your scouting report on Alcoa. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even know uh... – I, I, if Jeff Ireland said that, he had to be joking when he said that because he knows that I, I have I have not been uh I, I've not thought one second about our co. The big, I will tell you this. I, I would tell you that if you if you wanted to put odds on it, I, I would say that you would you would be putting money uh you'd be betting money to lose money if they're not if they're not uh, playing in the final game. That's not that's not what our, our situation is. If we don't get better, we don't have to worry about. Uh, I mean, I don't want to sound like Jim Moore, you know, the playoffs. But I'm, I'll be honest with you: if we don't get better, we won't play but eleven games. I mean, our, our guys. I think that you know. And let me say this: our fans are awesome. I love I love our fans. I love our community support. I love the environment that we create in our stadium every Friday night. I'm gonna be honest with you: it was it was fall break. And that's not an excuse. Uh, for our kids, but you know the, the, we're out of routine. Normally on fall break, our fans are out of town. You know they're gone on, on a vacation or trip or something. We had a really good crowd, for probably the best crowd I've seen us have in in, in ten years for it to be fall break. Uh, I, I really can't say enough about how rewarding it is as a coach to see our community support a football program the way it does. But they're fans, and they they they're like you know. You know, Roger Beasley, I don't mind telling you, he told me on the radio. I mean, after we got off the show, what I mean, Coach, you, you're so worried about what they're going to do, what they're going to do. I mean, you know, you, you guys will, you guys will score 40 points like you do every week. Well, see, that, that's the mentality that, as a coach, you fight every single day because 
if your kids ever start to listen to that, then you got problems. And I think this week, this past week, we we fell into that with being out of routine, uh, not being in school is more of an opportunity for you to let that outside noise maybe creep in and yeah. and, and, and and pollute, if that's the word to use, what your thought process and. You know, I don't think that that our kids will will, will uh, allow that to happen uh, this week. Uh, and if they do, then you know we got some real issues because um, it's been a very intense week of practice so far uh, up until this point. And you know, you would probably have thought if you were out there that we may have lost the game or may have lost two or three games in a row if you were winning some practice. But it's just an expe- expectation level that we have for our players. And for our program and our players understand that just every now and man, they're kids. You know, they're 16, 17. We got 15 year old kids out there playing. So right. you never know what you're going to get each and every Friday night. Our fans have already got us, you know, we're beating them. We're, right. we're going to beat this team by, you know, this is a, uh, you know, a, a cakewalk or whatever. That's not the case. Crockett County has a very good football program, I'm very well coached. Uh, if you look, if you guys don't want to look at scores, uh, they beat Gibson. They beat South that's, Gibson. That's actually what I was going to say. I said, y'all, this you experience know? came at just the right time because Crockett County did beat them, and it's that's like right. you may expect to. Of course, it goes back to the joke of Jeff and them putting out that rat poison to the kids. You know, he's getting them. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what just a you know I, people. I, you think about uh, it's called maturity. You know, our guys are they're not as mature as college players or, or players at the next level at whatever level that is, but, you know, you're dealing with, with kids that, that, as far as that goes, you know, immature is the word you want to use, but, I mean, man, think, I mean, in high school, I was the same way. If somebody was telling me that I was doing good, and man, you guys are good, I would start to think, hey, we are pretty good. Right. And the thing is that you're only as good as your last game. That's right. All right, and we weren't very good in the last game, so what we got to do is we, we we've challenged our guys this week. To, to play up to their capabilities, and if we do that, then yeah, good things will happen for us. But uh, as far as the as the playoffs go, I, I I don't know anything about the playoffs. The only thing I'm worried about is Crockett County. Right, I'm worried about Crockett County. Right, and, and, and we've got to play well against them, or we're gonna we're gonna be disappointed. And I know the guys don't want to be. I know how they're gonna react. You know, if we if we come up short, and I, so it's called being proactive instead of reactive. But that's what, you know, that's my job. My job is to keep them focused. So, right. you know, I guess I didn't do a very good job last week of it. But I will assure you that this week that the, they understand uh, the importance of being focused and respecting your opponent and playing. Just play up your capabilities. You know what I mean? Don't worry. I mean, we're going to show you what we're going to prepare you for what the other team we're playing does. But right. but. But a lot of times you got to really pay attention to what you need to do better. It's all about it's always about us. So we have really paid a lot of attention to what we got to do to be better. And I'll be honest with you, our kids have responded pretty well this week. I'm, I'm, I'm I feel better this week about practice so far at this point than I did last week. And and uh, so we'll go from there. But I mean. Uh, as far as the playoffs, now I don't. I won't discuss playoffs with you. Playoffs. we go to the playoffs. We're so Crockett right now. And of course, some people say, correct. "Oh, well, you know, what do you got? To, you won the region, all that." But now it's like now it's the focus is we want to be undefeated going into the playoffs. <laughs> you know, when they Crockett. cut a scoreboard on, when they cut the score, I didn't make the rules. I just played by them. When they cut the scoreboard <laughs> right. on, it means something, and we want to be, have more points 
than the other team. And you know what? Uh, uh, we've talked about the negative stuff that went on in the game. At the end of the day, I, like I told our guys, we didn't play well. We didn't do a lot of things right. But at the end of the day, we had more points than they did, and, and, and that's what matters most. So um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, we got to stay healthy, uh, and we got to continue to get better. And and hopefully those things will take place. And, and uh, you know, I hope that uh, – <laughs> to answer Jeff Ireland's question, if I'm t- discussing that team or, or uh, any team that's really good, that means that we're we're uh, at that point of the season, which is a good thing. So I'll just leave it at that. Well, Coach, we appreciate you joining us, and we appreciate you uh, joining the broadcast crew as well uh, for the postgame interviews this year. Uh, that's really added a lot to the broadcast, and I know the fans appreciate it too. Uh, so congratulations on the Region 7 Championship. Thanks for joining us here on Adam and Chad, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys, and I, I will say this before I get off, though. If I had to put my money on it, I would probably say that that was more you guys' idea to ask those questions than Jeff Ireland, because Jeff Ireland is asking the questions enough <laughs> well, to know. I, think I would, I would advise you, I would advise you to listen to the podcast after the show. And uh, well, if that's the case, then, then when I see Jeff Ireland, he and I will we, we will uh, reevaluate what's going on. You hear that, Jeff? On you out. All right, thanks, Coach. Thanks, hey, coach. man, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, we will be back. It's halftime right now on Adam and Chad. I'll have your halftime score update next on US Fifty One Country ninety three five FM and the US Fifty One Country mobile app. Henning to Halls. It's US 51 Country 93.5 FM. WKBQ. Covington. Head coach Penny Hardaway and the University of Memphis Tigers basketball team are poised for a fast-paced and fun basketball season. You won't want to miss a single game as your Tigers host Tennessee, Wichita State, Cincinnati, and UConn at FedEx Forum this season as part of a 19-game home schedule. Season tickets start at just $100 and are available online at GoTigersGo.com or by calling 901-678-2331. Get your tickets today and catch all the excitement as your Tigers get back to business. Be prepared to be scared out of your mind. Jones Orchard in Millington presents the Festival of Fear with Shadowlands and Hangman's Hollow Haunted Hayride every Friday and Saturday night in October beginning at 7 p.m. <laughs> the more faint of heart will prefer the giant corn maze and hayride. Pure family fun. <laughs> Open daily at 7 p.m. and 12 noon on Saturdays and Sundays. For the gory details, go to jonesshadowlands.com. For the chill of a lifetime, don't miss the Jones Orchard's Festival of Fear and the Giant Corn Maze and Hayride. The Festival of Fear at Jones Orchard, corner of Singleton Parkway and Paul Barrett Parkway in Millington. The month of October is all about the Festival of Fear. That perfect drive right down the field is usually a balance of runs and passes. For protecting what you drive, 
Huddle with a Grange Independent Agent about a new Grange Auto Policy. Check with McGowan State Insurance about a Grange Auto Policy that balances competitive rates and responsive Grange claim service. Call McGowan State Insurance at 901-476-7137 or visit mcgowan-stittinsurance.com. Products not available in all states. Number one. Score update here on Adam and Chad on US 51 Country 93.5 FM. Major League Baseball AL Championship Series 3-2. The Red Sox lead the Astros right now with two outs in the bottom of the seventh. The NLCS kicks off tonight too, but they have not taken a field yet. They will in about an hour, a little little over an hour uh, for that one. Then tonight is NBA tip-off. In the NBA, there are a lot of uh, games to be played over the weekend. Tonight's games are the 76ers and the Celtics and the Thunder and the Warriors. Neither one have started yet. The Sixers and the Celtics will be starting here in just a moment. Get to see Ben Simmons again and Kyrie Irving for the Celtics. Should be an exciting game there. And then later, of course, you get to see the Dynasty take on Russell Westbrook and the Thunder. You also have for scores, if I can get it to pull up. Well, never mind. That was it. (laughs) That was it. That's the only scores that'll pull up. I'm sure there's something in soccer, but who cares, right? More (laughs) More of Adam and Chad is next. And uh, then we'll have Brandon Reed a little bit later. But next, we're going to announce our Player of the Week winner. Stay tuned. Side of the chat on US 51 Country 93.5 FM, the US 51 Country mobile app. It's not just a home or a car. It's the money you save, the overtime you work so that you can have nice things. The State Farm team of Brad Carlisle wants to protect them. We are the number one choice for home and auto, and with discounts up to 40%, we can save you money and give you the coverage you deserve. Let the Brad Carlisle team save you an average of $480 a year. Call Brad Carlisle State Farm today at 901-476-7500 or visit bradcarlisle.com. Welcome back to Adam and Chad. There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. On US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. US 51 Country 93.5 FM, the US 51 Country mobile app, Facebook Live. You can comment in the comment feed as we shift our focus now to regional and national affairs, college football, NFL, all that good stuff. 
course, Adam looking at memes on the internet, finding memes about Tennessee losing to Alabama the last time Tennessee beat Alabama. There was no Twitter, apparently. That's what he said anyway. Yeah. Um, and uh, Twitter, Facebook, all that. Maybe that speaks volumes. I don't know. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> pulled a big upset, though, over the weekend over Auburn. Uh, and I said, so last week, Tennessee was competitive in a game. And I said, well, everybody is saying, I think Jeremy Pruitt's our guy. They are saying that in a loss. That may have been two weeks ago. But they were all saying, oh, I think we got our guy. Look at the way he handled this loss. Look at the way they fought. Look at the way they played. And I said, wait. I mean, after a loss, at least wait until he wins a game he's not supposed to win. Well, this was that game. The Auburn game was that game. He's won a game he's not supposed to win. And he's not supposed to be as – they are not, actually, as good as Auburn is. And they shouldn't have beat him, but they found a way to beat Auburn. And I think a lot of that goes to coaching. I think Jeremy Pruitt coached them up and had them ready for that game. Now, some of it goes to Garantano, too, because I said at the beginning of the season, Garantano is a good player. And uh, I think Tennessee, though, that's the kind of progress that you want to see. A win like that, win one game you're not supposed to win – don't lose any games you're not supposed to lose and continue to move forward. And I think that's the type of progress you want to look for in Tennessee. And I think you're finally seeing it now. Now I say all this and they'll turn around and lose to Vanderbilt, but, uh, well, and this year Vandy's been one of them teams that you never know. They've held, they've had people down to the last minute. I mean, Notre Dame, they pretty much should have won that, that game. That's, that that um, much is true, and Notre Dame is one of the best well. teams in the country. I mean, Vandy's played everybody well. It's been an odd season for the SEC East. Cause uh, for all with, the college I mean, football, Kentucky, honestly. All of them, I mean, you've had kind of, you know, some things are starting to kind of work their way out, like West Virginia losing. It was just a matter of time. But if you look at Tennessee's record, the three teams that they've lost to this year are all ranked, or were, you know, Time. I mean, actually, I take that back. Florida wasn't, but they are now. And then Georgia has been ranked and still is. And then West Virginia, I think, still hanging in there. So they were they were seventeenth when they lost to them. So overall, not too bad considering what most people figured would be a dumpster fire coming out this season. Of course, Pruitt, you know, just got to give him time, give him a few recruiting classes. He was working with a lot of garbage, so he's he seems to have it on the right track now. This weekend, and being a Bama fan, it. For a Tennessee fan, if I was a Tennessee fan, you go in there just hoping to survive the game for a little while and hope you don't get a lot of injuries and hopes everything. Alabama's the same way. Alabama don't want to come into this game and have players get hurt like last week. So, uh, I mean, if you can even just keep it halfway decent, be proud of it. If you lose this game, I wouldn't worry about it. It's not going to, you know, it's not the game you're expected to win or even be close in. So, there's no sense in worrying about it. Now, the rest of the season, though, that's something you can, I mean, because you've got Charlotte, South Carolina's beatable. Uh, Missouri's beatable. Vandy, you know, Vandy's going to give you a game just because it's in-state rival. And then uh, Kentucky's probably really, which is crazy to say this, is probably your most difficult game the rest of the way. There's no reason you can't win the next out of the six, including the Alabama game. You can't win four out of the six and end up getting a bowl game, which would be, to me, that's successful. You get you, you win six games. That's I even said that before the season. If Tennessee wins six games and gets a bowl, to me, that's a successful season considering the dumpster fire. That it's been so, you know, and right now they're yeah, I'm with you. They're that. halfway there. I I think it's very doable. Um, 
I now, I mean, they could fall off after Alabama, a couple key injuries or something. I, I hope that doesn't happen because I, I'm one of those in the party. Yeah, I want Alabama to beat them, but I don't want to see Tennessee just completely fall off because it hurts Alabama's strength of schedule too. So it's kind of we're all in this together kind of mentality. So, I mean, and it did actually that loss, uh, Auburn losing does hurt Alabama in a way because that's a rivalry game and you never know what's going to happen in that last game in the Iron Bowl. And a loss to Auburn would be devastating to Alabama this year. Whereas in the past, it's been like, yeah, like it was let last me, year. It really didn't matter. Let me catch a quick mention from uh, social media on Facebook. Uh, Tabitha on the U.S. 51 Country Facebook page said, uh, go Chargers tonight. They're playing Brighton for the region championship in middle – or for the championship is all it actually says in middle school. Uh, so I, I'm assuming Crestview Middle is playing Brighton Middle for the championship uh, tonight. And so just want to get a shout out and get to that comment because it, uh, it didn't come through Adam's feed. It came through the, uh, the station's feed. Uh, now, I want to go back, though, to Tennessee and talking about this weekend. Now, let me tell you something that I wonder about this weekend. If you are, I, I don't know if you paid attention to the Alabama game. And you know what? You're forgiven if you didn't because they were playing Missouri. But Alabama had their starting quarterback to a tongue of Aloha get hurt and have to get checked out in the game. He did not come back in the game. Now, Nick Saban said he could have come back in the game. They just kept him out, you know, for precautionary reasons because they were ahead by whatever they were ahead by. And they've got another quarterback who's already won a national championship uh, as his backup. So they feel pretty confident in their backup situation. So, uh, Tua uh, Tongue of Aloha, though, his status is maybe not quite known. Tongue O Vailoa. Yeah, Tongue O Vailoa. And uh, so uh, his status is not known. Now, I wonder, here's what I wonder. If you're, if you're Alabama and you're, you've got LSU after the bye, so they get Tennessee, then they get a bye week, then they get LSU. LSU is in contention the only team in contention with Alabama now after Auburn's loss for the SEC West title. And so uh, L- a loss to LSU as as unlikely as it seems, a loss to LSU would keep Alabama from lo- from winning the SEC West. They would not win the SEC West, therefore not go to the SEC championship if they somehow lost to LSU. Now, my question is, if Tua is questionable, do they just put him on the bench against Tennessee, a team that Jalen Hurts has never had a problem beating, and do they let Jalen Hurts play the entire game against Tennessee and keep Tua on the bench and make sure he's 100% for LSU? Is that a possibility? Now, on cons- in conspiracy theory land, let me throw something else out there. What if they don't uh, play Tua this week or LSU? And you say, why would they not do that? What if they lose to LSU? And uh, what does that really mean for Alabama? Okay, this is what I'm saying. Look ahead a couple weeks here. Alabama beats Tennessee. Let's go ahead and assume that. Alabama beats Tennessee. LSU comes in. The only way Alabama can use lose the SEC West is to lose to LSU. Even if they took another loss, they would beat LSU unless the loss was to LSU. Right? So 
they beat LSU. They win the SEC West. They play in the SEC championship game. Then they go to the playoff. Does a loss to LSU keep them out of the playoff? Especially if Tua Tungvaloa is on injured reserve and then they get him back? Do they say, well, he was injured that week? They look at that and they say they take the one close loss and then Alabama gets a bye week into the playoffs again? I, I mean, uh, you know, if you're Nick Saban, hey, maybe you take a chance against LSU of losing. Yeah, I, well, I can definitely put So you other. don't have to play the extra game. Well, yeah, I mean it may. I mean it sounds good, but I mean it's like not. Said, it's I mean you're not going to do that. But <laughs> well, and I can definitely put the things to bed about like Tua. He's he's actually practiced all week. I I follow him on Instagram and I follow Alabama and all that. And he's and even the press conference they had today, he pretty much he's he's available to play. They uh, now I think he won't play, but the first half against Tennessee, even if if it's a kind of a halfway close game, just because they don't want him tweaking that knee again because that's basically what happened in Missouri against Missouri. And I I feel like Jalen could. Right, like because you said, he was injured at Arkansas. Right, right. And he just retweaked that same one when he was on that run. He tried to do that slide, and he kind of tweaked it. But he's been – I was surprised when they showed video of him practicing because I, I get little Instagram videos, and it showed him in full – I mean, practicing all the way through, and I thought, oh, wow, okay. But that kind of made me go, oh, I don't know, man. I probably need to chill on that, but they said he's good. And But why know, play him? Uh, the thing is, uh, other than his Heisman competition – there's no real reason to play him against Tennessee right. if you don't have to. They don't, yeah. And and I think, I really think this could be a game where he might only play in the first quarter. Because like you said, Jalen's absolutely just torched Tennessee's defense in the past. and he's a, But now the one advantage, Tennessee's got this nice Pruitt knows Alabama's defense. And so, I mean, he was their coordinator through national championships. So he knows where their weaknesses are, and he knows how to maybe exploit them with his quarterback. But he don't have. But he also knows Jalen's too, so if he had to, and now it's Tua. He, he, I mean, he knows enough about Tua too, but he can get his defense prepared for both. And I, I think they'll play better. And Tennessee always gives Alabama some game. You know, so when they least expect it, kind of like the year with Lane Kiffin, he didn't expect to come down to two block field goals just to come out of that place alive. So um, it, it could get crazy. I really think uh, you'll see Tua from maybe the first quarter, maybe the half of the second, even no matter what the score is. And I think they'll do, like you said, I think they'll just put Jalen in, let him finish the game out. Unless Tennessee somehow keeps it close, then they might go, you know what, we're going to have to play him and then keep it. Of course, they've got the bye week, which I don't usually like bye weeks because after the bye week, Alabama tends to come out a little rusty. But they're going to Baton Rouge this year, and usually the home team doesn't fare so well. So Alabama plays better in Baton Rouge than they do when they play LSU at home. So it's kind of a it's a weird thing. I've just I've seen it happen so many times. But uh, I feel like, uh, yeah, the Tua thing kind of, I'm sure they're going to harp on that a lot. And now, I will say this as far as a play. So, I'm looking at the lines right now, and uh, Tennessee-Alabama opened at 28-and-a-half, and now it looks like most books, some books still have it at 28-and-a-half. Most books have it at 29. I would say because of what we just talked about, even if Tua Tungvaloa plays – he will probably play limited time, even in a game that they're only up by a couple scores. Right. If they're up by 10 or so, they'll still pull him for Jalen Hurts, if he plays at all. For that reason, I say take Tennessee against the spread. 
because right, there's a good chance Bama may not there's, cover. Now, last week I took Tennessee against the spread, and they ended up winning outright against Auburn. Uh, but I would say take Tennessee against the spread in this game because they are going to at least be cautious with Tungavaloa in this game. And Tennessee showed some capability last week. Pruitt knows their defense. He knows where the weaknesses are. Garantano has shown growth. And so I think that Tennessee will be able to beat the spread. They won't be able to beat Alabama, but they'll be able to beat the spread, which is 29 points. It's massive. So uh, if you, I would say if you can get that at 29, I take Tennessee against the spread this week. I, I, don't, I know you're a Bama fan and, and may not like to hear that, but I, I, um, I, I don't think Alabama I, covers. I agree to an extent that there's a possibility because of the Tua situation that they made. Just like with Missouri, they barely covered against Missouri, and it was a 20 it was a 28, 28 and so, I think they won by 29. And they yeah. should have, on paper, they should have beat Missouri by 40. But yeah. because of the Tua situation, Tua had a bad game. It was his worst QBR he's had. I'll see, he was barely over 50% on his uh, completions. And that's he's been above 70% in every game almost all year. So, you know, it, it affected the team. And we know Jalen's not, he's not, he's dynamic, but he's not Tua. And he's not going to put up the amount of points. And also something else for Tennessee fans that might not follow Alabama that much. Uh, Alabama's number one receiver, well, not really him, but this guy that basically scored the final touchdown in the title game, Smith, Devontae Smith, he's out. He's hurt right now. He's not. He's probably not going to get to play. He's, they're saying he's probably not going to play till LSU. So, and that's a deep so threat that go. won't be there either. So, there's some more. Uh, that's uh, some more helpful advice from Adam and Chad right there. And so, you guys uh, take heed. You know, if that's your thing. <laughs> We'll be right back with Brandon Reed from MyFantasySportsTalk.com and TubeTown on US 51 Country 93.5 and film the US 51 Country mobile app. Simply brilliant. That's what folks are saying about the new Kubota Commander zero-turn mower. Starting at under $4,500, it's certainly affordable. But what makes it brilliant is all the power, quality, features, and value Kubota puts into it, backed by a four-year, 300-hour factory warranty. Now that's a zero-turn mower everyone can get behind. Kubota Commander, simply powerful, simply affordable, simply brilliant. Visit Wooten Tractor, 2031 Highway 51 South, Covington. It's the U.S. 51 Country Dollar Saver Guy with good news. Eat out at great restaurants for half cards in your hands. Simply use the free app to turn your card on or off in real time as needed. It also helps track your purchases. You'll receive a notification each time your debit card is used before the sales clerk can provide you with a receipt. Prevent fraud. Control spending. With First Citizens National Bank. Member FDIC. Rose Construction is a family-owned and operated firm with more than 60 years of experience. Rose offers a unique project approachability to self-perform work with in-house experts. Range of services that include a special projects division, expertise in all project sizes, and a wide geographical service area. Our commitment to employee safety, concern, and respect has not wavered since 1953. Our mission has been to join clients in pursuit of their goals by providing innovative, responsive, and quality construction services. We're a full-service firm of limitless solutions. No project is too large or too small. As one of the most experienced companies in the industry, we are an unsurpassed service provider for any and all construction needs. Learn more at roseconstruction.com. 
rain continues off and on into tonight. Your News Channel 3 forecast. High temperatures today back in the mid-50s. Lows tonight back in the upper 40s with clearing skies. Partly cloudy for Wednesday. Highs in the upper 60s. Golf season is upon us, and if you have not been to Miramichi lately, you are missing out. A world-class public access golfing experience located in the Woodstock community, located just minutes from downtown. With a look at your latest WREG-TV News Channel 3 Severe Weather Center forecast, I'm meteorologist Austin Onik. U.S. 51 Country Community Calendar. If your church, civic group, or nonprofit organization has an event coming up or important information that you would like to share on the community calendar, we'd love to hear from you. Send the details to Public Service Director in care of U.S. 51 Country, 101 WKBL Drive, Covington, Tennessee, 38019, or visit the website us51country.com and click on Calendar to post your information. You're listening to Adam and Chad. And boom goes the dynamite. On US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. All right, welcome back. Adam and Chad, US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. You know what we didn't do in the last segment, Adam? Can you take a guess? Oh, yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. We did not announce the winner of the Player of the Week Award. Are you done tallying the votes? Oh, yeah. Here we go. The winner of this week's Hat Ads Player of the Week brought to you by Hat Ads Department Store, the last great department store in Munford. Go visit them in downtown Munford. They are proud sponsors of this award. Who wins? That will be with 112 votes. It will be Marcus Hayes. Marcus Hayes, the voter, the first ever four-time winner of the Hat Ads Player of the Week Award here on Adam and Chad on US 51 Country 93.5 FM. Congratulations, Marcus. We will see you again for the fourth time this year. Uh, later this week to present you with your award, make sure you stay tuned to the Adam and Chad Facebook page so you can see the video when we present the award. We are joined now on the telephone as we are at this time each and every week by our good friend from MyFantasySportsTalk.com and Ritter's Tube Town, Brandon Reed. Brandon, thanks once again for being with us. No problem. Uh, this uh, weather's got me a little down uh, this week. I think just because it hit like a ton of bricks. Uh, yeah, what, my what, what, one of my friends posted some, said something like, uh, "This weather just went from 95 to 55, like it yeah. saw a state trooper." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and you know, last week I was talking to you guys uh, down at the ASU football game. I was in a, a sh- shorts and a short sleeve shirt. And now yeah. I'm wearing a pullover in the house. You know, so I'm telling you. Uh, it, it's, it's just kind of hit all quickly. Yeah, I, I said uh, earlier, I said, you know, it's when they say be careful what you wish for. This is one of those situations because uh, last week you were saying you were saying, when is it going? I wish it would just go ahead and cool off and I wish fall would get here. And then, buddy, it just came crashing in the door. But this isn't fall. We don't this get is, a fall around that's here. True. You know, yeah, Mid-South is usually we don't get spring. We don't get we don't spring get fall. and fall. We got a good spring this year, though. Uh, yeah, we, we had a decent spring this year. It's, it snowed in April, but it was it, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But yeah, I, just, I, I want I want some sixties and seventies weather. Give me about two months of sixties and seventies weather. Yeah, you you're know? never going to get that in the mid south. I, no. I but I, I wish you would really. I mean, I, it, it's that's what I want because it gives you you get it for about a week here, twice a year, and then you got to hurry up. Everything that you 
have to get done outside, like, and I don't know how everybody else feels. I don't like doing, like, outside, like, yard work and stuff. But, so I'm always waiting on the perfect day to do it. Like, it's always, I'm waiting on the weekend, and I'm saying, okay, well, no, it's too hot this weekend. It's too cold this weekend. I'm not going to get out there when it's 20 degrees. I'm not going to get out there when it's 90 degrees. You know, I'll wait until it cools off a little bit in the fall. And then we don't even have a fall. We go into winter, and so none of my crepe myrtles get trimmed or grass gets taken care of <laughs> well, or anything like that. And then you usually cover, you know, tigers, or you're, you're probably doing something on Saturday. So a lot right, of times yeah. that, that day is out. Um, yeah, so absolutely. I, I know what you mean. I, I really I do need to do some, some yard work, some winter prep before we get into winter, you know, trim some stuff back and stuff like that. And uh, I, I was hoping October would be a good time to do it, but uh, I don't know. I may have missed the window. I don't know. Uh, but, hey, talking about the high school football, uh, I actually voted for Rue Bray because Marcus Hayes usually puts up such good numbers that these numbers <laughs> didn't blow me away. He's kind of set such high expectations, yeah, you know. That, that much is true, yeah. That, that I voted for Rue Bray. And I also had another question for you guys uh, that you you uh, you probably be able to tell me that I'm not really sure about. Uh, we haven't ever covered Tipton Rosemark, although we've got requests to cover them, but we, we never covered them. Um, and maybe a stupid question, but do they play 11-on-11 11 11 football or is it 8-on-8 eight eight football? No, they no, play 11-on-11. 11 11. 11. As yeah. far okay. as I know, ten, there's no 8-on-8 eight eight in Tennessee. Okay. I was just wondering because there's a lot of states, uh, there's certain states that just do 8-on-8. Eight eight, uh, and uh, and I, I got to thinking about that because the last game we covered, we were actually off last week, but uh, two weeks ago this coming Friday night, we were in Marktree, Arkansas, and they only have 18 players on their roster. Uh, and we've covered several teams like that that have about those numbers. So if they get a – and then also what kind of sparked this is we had a team in northeast Arkansas that had to forfeit the rest of their season because they only had like 18 players, had a couple get hurt, and then several – players walked yeah. off the team so they didn't even have enough to finish the season so they canceled the season so uh you know some of us were just talking you know some of these smaller like 2a schools that have low numbers like that uh, maybe a better option is to go to eight on eight football uh, because it's it's played all over the country like that you know it's, it's not as popular but uh it's all over the country eight on eight football is not as well, uncommon or unheard of as you would think now i i do think rosemark only has about 26 kids on the roster uh, I think it's 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 twenty four twenty six. I mean they're 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 just above the threshold of like if they wanted to completely swap out going both ways they could, um, but uh, uh, yeah no as far as I know they don't not, that's not played anywhere in the state. I, I could be wrong about that, but I don't, I've never seen it. Um, but yeah, uh, Tipton Rosemart that'd be a good team to catch though. Uh, at, at some point for uh, I, I know there are. Uh, in that area, there are two town uh, Ritter two town subscribers like Ritter Cable subscribers in that area, so yeah, it may yeah, be a good I, team to pick up. Well, we we've got requests. I know I know we've got requests to uh, cover them before, and um, and, and they seem to be always be good. I mean, they since we've kind of been in the West Tennessee area, they seem to make the playoffs most years and seem to you know be above five hundred anyway. Um, right. So. Um, it's something to consider, but I was just kind of curious because I did not know for sure because I know they were kind of more of a private school, so I just, right. you know, I wondered if that was really 11 on 11 football. Uh, it's unique. I've never actually seen an 8 on 8 true high school football game. Uh, but I think it would be unique uh, unique to see. I, I don't even know, like, when they talk about playing 7 on 7, I don't, I don't even know how that works. 
What I just it, think arena like, league type Are there stuff, no I lines? Or like, I uh, think your line consists of three guys. I think you have a center and two guards. And uh, or maybe you, you heavy load one particular side. You know, So I don't think you have any more than four down linemen at any particular time. It's probably similar uh, to some arena league type. No. Because I think arenas yeah, maybe. is eight players. It's a definitely an unusual. <laughs> maybe so. One, wa- one wide on each side, one back, one quarterback, and the rest down linemen, maybe one tight end or something like that. But want to uh, get into uh, uh, NFL just a little bit with you before we cruise over to college football. Uh, we'll be making our picks in just a minute. But uh, I wanted to talk to you about the NFL. And have you ever seen anything like the Titans giving up 11 sacks? combination of things and so here we go again because i was kind of on the uh, titans message boards again yesterday and now a whole lot of people have kind of swung the way i was about three four weeks ago you back like, to them after they're giving you a hard time uh, uh, no i kind of <laughs> i, I kind of shied away just because i know it can come back around to me right, <laughs> uh, right. uh so um i i, I didn't want to say too much but i'm still not sold on this offense I'm still not sold on Marcus Mariota. The conversation, and I mentioned this to you guys several weeks ago about would you rather have Jameis Winston now or Marcus Mariota? Which one do you think is the better quarterback? And several people brought that up on a couple of Facebook message boards yesterday right. uh, and even put put up stats to kind of back it up. Marcus uh, Mariota, I can tell you right now, and it has nothing to do with stats whatsoever. It has to do with uh, who might get suspended. At least Marcus Mariota <laughs> – if he's out, it's because he's injured, not because he made the NFL look stupid. Well, but I would argue Jameis really hasn't done that in a while. They, they reached to really suspend him for this past Uber incident or whatever that happened several years ago. And the kid is only 24. I know Marcus Mariota is young, too, but Jameis Winston is still only 24 years of age. And I would, I, would, argue, I would argue over the longevity of things that Marcus Mariota will miss more games to injury than Winston will do to suspension. Nah, and he probably already has. I think well, let me say true, this, but... though. Let me, let me say this, though. It affects your locker room when you don't have look, look at what's happening all right Mariota right now is not really like this uh you know he's not like the leader of the locker room we all know that uh it, it's it's a complaint that's come out from teammates of his that he doesn't take charge and is not in the locker room but they do respect Mariota in the locker room and Jameis Winston would come in with a lot of questions and not a lot of respect in that locker room because it, it, it has to he hasn't done anything Every time, all they know about him is what they've seen, you know. And I'll say this about Jameis Winston too. I do agree with you that I, I, I it made me wonder. I mean, how how can you reach back two years, and uh, and go and punish him for that? And and so, you know, I don't know where I fall on that. I mean, I do and, think it was a little bit of a claims too. I yeah. mean, we should know this after uh, the most recent Supreme Court hearings. I mean, that's uh, true. You know, it's reaching. It's reaching. Yeah. Which side do you really believe? You know? Well, so and that's, yeah, I mean, and that's true. And in the same uh, same, same course, the Supreme Court thing is that he said, she said from a long time ago that, I mean, that nobody can really produce tangible evidence one way or the other. So you have to – In oh, we lost Brandon. But, uh, you know, when nobody can uh, produce tangible evidence one way or the other, then it's, you have to presume innocence. And uh, the – at least you used to in this country. And, I mean, you know, you may, you may not believe that, but uh, it, it's one of those things that uh, that's the way it falls. And uh, in the same way with Jameis Winston – but the thing about Jameis Winston is he didn't deny 
that this happened uh, completely, a- at least not to my knowledge. Yeah, there's there's some different different stories going back and forth about it. Which I to go back to what Brandon was saying, I'm a uh, I'm not. I was to, to the question of which one you take. I'd say neither because I I think they both suck equally in different ways. But I don't. I wouldn't want either one of them to be court one because Mariota can't stay uninjured long enough to play any games and Winston can't stay out of trouble, which with Winston, my argument against him is he doesn't learn. He still continues to do stupid stuff. And it just, you know, it, it's fears in between, but it goes all the way back to the college. That's, you know, that's he's what, young, okay. so but that's he what doesn't I was going to say. And we've got Brandon back on the line now. Yeah. So that's, that's oh God, I, I didn't, I wasn't disagreeing with what you said. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, I've had enough. That's what I was going to say. Look, and I, I disagree. I, <laughs> no, I believe, I believe, uh, uh, I believe like, like you're saying, I mean, I, I do believe that in the absence of evidence, uh, there's the presumption of innocence. I mean, that's, that's, that's our country. It used to be. And uh, so, I mean, I, I see that, but at the same time, I don't think he actually denied this. And uh, at least not, he didn't deny the entire story. I mean, there's just a little more to it than that. But not that's not all there is. It's that J- this isn't the first time Jameis Winston has done something immature. This isn't the second time Jameis Winston has done something immature. And, yeah, I know he's an early 20s kid. But he's an early 20s kid making millions of dollars being the face of a franchise. And at the time of the incident, it may have been a couple of years ago, but he was already a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Yeah, and, and look, I'm not even – I'm not going to try to get too far into this debate because I'm not even saying that, hey, we need to bring in Jameis Winston. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just saying it's an interesting comparison, basically because they were drafted in the right, same draft right, uh, yeah. one and two as yeah, well. Yeah. And um, one and two but, in the Heisman uh, race, weren't they? Uh, I, I do not. I York, do not, not sure recall. I, I think Jameis was up for a repeat, wasn't he? And then Mariota won it over him. Well, I mean, I mean, the bigger issue to me is I'm not sold that Mariota is the guy of the future. And you can keep talking about injuries, although well, we're getting healthy now. So what's up? Yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, and well, we need a line to protect him. But I'm telling you, you get sacked 11 times, and that is not all entirely on the line. Your quarterback is not hey. helping you out right. if hey. you get sacked 11 times. There's certain it's, things the quarterback can't do. You must have been listening to the show. Sacked. You must have been listening to the show earlier. I said the same thing. The quarterback's not audible and out of things. He's not getting rid of the ball fast enough. I mean, and I, I said Mar- Mariota is not the guy. And so I think that this is the last year of his rookie contract. You don't pay him, and. The Amari Cooper situation is really good for Tennessee if they want to go into it because they'll they can go in, they can trade for him, they can pick up his fifth year option, and they can pay him the thirteen point nine million dollars because he's proven that he's going to earn at least most of that. And then you can look for another quarterback in the draft. You just let Marcus Mariota go into free agency, I think. Well, he's he's not earning a big payday, that's for sure. He has to know that, too. I mean, this is a contract year for him. So uh, not only is he not really necessarily solidifying his job, in my opinion, outside of an outstanding game against the Eagles, which kind of blindsided me, Uh, me but he's definitely not earning earning himself a big payday, and he should know that. Uh, But also another stat that kind of blew me away, is okay. Two stats, guys. This, this is a, a just unbelievable performance by the Titans this Sunday. Well, I think they were only the second team in NFL history to punt on every single possession, 
And I think they only had like four or five plays in Baltimore territory all day long. So not only was it 11 sacks, they punted every single time. They only had like four or five plays in Baltimore territory. Um, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily weather. It wasn't necessarily Baltimore's D, which is a good D, a really good D. But come on, that yeah, is but just let's, a let's pitiful look. performance. If you had to look and say what was the best Baltimore defense of all times, at least, uh, at least three or four different groupings would you would recall – uh, before you got to this one, at least at this point, and uh, this one just set the record for sacks, the team record for sacks in a game. Yeah, and they're, so, they're giving up a league low in points too. And, so this is a good defense, but it's not the kind of defense. They're good, but they're not. Like, you know, Ray Lewis and yeah. Reed, good. No, I think they're. I think they've just got some benefit of the schedule so far, and they're playing really solid football. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I think it'll work itself out right. a little bit. But uh, man, I don't know. I, just, well, I like I said, I'm telling people I, this offense is not good, and I am not sold. All I hate to say this, just you know, what, what are we in four or five games into his tenure? But I'm not sold on Mike Vrabel because I think you needed to hire an offensive-minded coach, and you'll never convince me otherwise. I like Mike Vrabel still. I mean, I'm not 100% sold on him because I just don't. I I, I don't like to fall in love with a coach on a short resume. But uh, I, I do like. I think him you still. needed someone to really Let's, help Marcus Mariota. If he was going to be your guy, that's you true. An offensive-minded coach like a Sean McVay to really he was never going to be the offense. guy. He was never yep. going to be the guy. But uh, anyway, we'll get to our college picks next after the break, and Brandon will join us for that as well. On Adam and Chad on US Fifty One Country ninety three five FM and the US Fifty One Country mobile app. Every day, banks touch every corner of our lives. They support us as we turn life's goals into accomplishments. Goals like going to college, planning a wedding, opening a small business, buying a home. From your first car to a new life after retirement, Brighton Bank is there for all your life's milestones. I am John Phillips, president of Brighton Bank. Brighton Bank has been serving our community since 1910. From passbook savings to mobile banking apps, our services span your financial needs. Brighton Bank thanks our friends and neighbors of Tipton County. We serve every day. At the intersection of Atoka Avenue and Highway 51 in Atoka is a bright blue and white building. You've probably always known it as Penny Pantry. Well, now it's Valero. The only thing that's changed, though, is the name. You'll find the same great, friendly, convenient service for high-grade gasolines as well as milk, bread, beverages of all kinds, ice, grocery, lottery tickets, and a hot deli featuring southern fried chicken, a daily assortment of hot vegetables, and the other favorites you've come to expect. The new Valero convenience store is locally owned and operated by Penny Pantry and gasoline supplied by Wooten Oil Company, who for over 75 years has provided quality gasoline, diesel, and unbranded fuel for farmers and businesses throughout West Tennessee. Honey, did you get the mail? No. Did you? Why would I ask if you got the mail if I got the mail? I don't know. Confusion, perhaps. Right. Anyway, someone needs to get it. Agreed. I was thinking you. It has been 10 days since anyone did. I know, but I was thinking... It's hot outside, and it's cool inside. What's one more day? Call AirServe today to make sure your air conditioning is working this summer. We'll make your house so comfortable you'll never want to leave again. 901-622-5050. In 1916, Auto Owners Insurance teamed up with local independent agents so customers could get fast, friendly, local service. It worked so well, we decided to keep it that way. And 100 years later, we still do things the same way by teaming up with local independent agents who deliver quality, personal service. Thank you. Some might call that old school. 
then again, maybe everything old is new again. Kind of refreshing, isn't it? Jameson and Fisher in Covington is your local independent auto owners insurance agency. Call them at 901-476-8644. Hey, I'm Phil Ramsey. I'm Blake Shankle. And I'm Jimmy Hicks. And we invite you to join us each and every week for Life Song Radio. Every week we dive into God's Word. And we study different books line by line, verse by verse. We invite you to be a part of it each and every week right here on US 51 Country 93.5 FM airing at 9 a.m. every Sunday morning. It's Life Song Radio. Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home has proudly served families from Tipton and its surrounding counties in their times of need for generations. In fact, Houston Moss is their third generation funeral director. Like his uncle and grandfather before him, Houston will explain all the different options available to your family. Whether you're planning an unexpected funeral or pre-planning your own, Trust Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home to make the process as easy as possible. Selfless service is the guiding principle that drives Army National Guard soldiers to be always ready whenever disaster strikes. They are your next-door neighbors and your colleagues in schools, offices, and factories. To be a Guard soldier is to stand ready to serve at all times for family, for community, and for country. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com or contact an Army National Guard recruiter in your area. Sponsored by the Tennessee Army National Guard. Aired by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and this station. It's not just a home or a car. It's the money you save, the overtime you work so that you can have nice things. The State Farm team of Brad Carlisle wants to protect them. We are the number one choice for home and auto, and with discounts up to 40%, we can save you money and give you the coverage you deserve. Let the Brad Carlisle team save you an average of $480 a year. Call Brad Carlisle State Farm today at 901-476-7500 or visit bradcarlisle.com. Rain continues off and on into tonight. Your News Channel 3 forecast. High temperatures today back in the mid-50s. Lows tonight back in the upper 40s with clearing skies. Partly cloudy for Wednesday. Highs in the upper 60s. Golf season is upon us, and if you have not been to Miramichi lately, you are missing out. A world-class public access golfing experience located in the Woodstock community, located just minutes from downtown. With a look at your latest WREG-TV News Channel 3 Severe Weather Center forecast, I'm meteorologist Austin Onik. You're listening to Adam and Chad. Eat my shorts. On US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. And welcome back for the final segment of Adam and Chad here on US 51 Country, 93.5 FM, the US 51 Country mobile app and Facebook Live. In the break, we were just looking at potential landing spots for Amari Cooper. While I, I believe the Titans should go hard for Amari Cooper, at the same time, the only other thing is, well, the only other thing is you don't want to deal your first-round pick because if you are going to replace Mariota, you might need that first-round pick to get your quarterback. Right. But I don't know. He might still be worth uh, going after. The Green Bay Packers, however, have two picks in the first round. So can they deal a first-round pick uh, for him? Yeah. Oh, absolutely they can. And I think maybe that's where he ends up. Yeah, yep. Well, it could be. And also, real quick, speaking of that, uh, Jerry says he told you uh, Wisconsin would fall to Michigan. 
And then he also let me know that I would be able to get my driveway seal coated for free, which I mean, you know, <laughs> anybody didn't see well, it. I definitely thing picked that, that one wrong. Uh, oh, picking back up this, now, all my games wrong Brandon Reed, week. Brandon, are you, are you still there? Yeah, uh, guys, if I'm a if I'm a top prospect wide wide receiver such as Amari Cooper, I do not want to come to Tennessee. Give me Aaron right. Rodgers and Green Bay all day. <laughs> oh yeah, Green well, Bay or Dallas. Saying. I mean, somebody. they have they have the best to offer. For him, and I mean, that, that, then also the best Richard to offer. Out. They got the <laughs> best to Matthews. offer to the Raiders, and the best to offer to Amari Cooper. So I mean, uh, that seems yeah. that seems like uh, that that might happen. Uh, and I, I don't know what the thought process is in Green Bay, uh, but if if you well, listen, to Aaron Rodgers, he's already upset because you got rid of George, Jordy Nelson, and you're not drafting the players he thinks you should draft. So uh, it might go a long way with him to bring in Amari Cooper. Well, what I'm worried about if I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I know they had a, it was an amazing game last night where they did, uh, you know, end up getting the win at the very end. But what I'm worried about if I'm Aaron Rodgers is his offensive line not protecting him. I think it, it's either his left guard or left tackle, but one of those guys is, is letting him down big time because Aaron Rodgers has been taking a beating this year, and I do not think he's getting. My bold prediction is he is not going to survive this year because he's already got hurt and missed well half of a game, which he came back in miraculously but he's getting nicked up and beat around and tossed around back there. And uh, that's what I'm more concerned about if I'm Aaron Rodgers because he just doesn't seem to have the time that he normally has uh, this year, although he's picking up wins and put up, what, 43 points last night? Yeah. Um, but I'm telling you, he just it, he is not getting the time that he is typically accustomed to, and I'm I'm afraid that that um, I'm, I'm just afraid he's going to take a bad hit this year. Someone's letting him down in his offensive line. Um, but I think yeah, with the protection in for quarterbacks now, and you already see, uh, you saw in it was last, was it last night's game or game before or, or Sunday night's game that a, a player had a sack and just let go of the quarterback because he thought he had stopped his progress. And then the quarterback ends up rushing in for the touchdown because he was afraid to take the quarterback to the ground. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think Rodgers can survive in the new friendly uh, quarterback friendly NFL. Well, what I'm worried about him is his long legs getting tangled up and getting a knee bent the wrong way or something like that. Yeah, I mean, um, it can always you know. happen, but I, I just uh, I'm a little less worried about that. Uh, let's move on now. College picks. Uh, it is time to make our picks for the week for college football, Adam. Get us started. What do we got? All right. First one's going to be a Big 12 matchup. You got Oklahoma at TCU. They're playing at TCU. I, Oklahoma should win this in most of the country. Seems to think so. But Oklahoma's kind of been iffy. So, but I, I think they win this. But I think don't be surprised if TCU gives them a little bit of trouble in the first half. I mean, I, I don't know that Oklahoma's been iffy other than just losing to a Texas team, which is on fire right now. And um, you look at TCU, they've basically lost to who they should have lost to and beat who they should have beat. So right. I, I don't really I don't really think this is uh, – I don't think TCU is going to be up for a top-10 matchup this week, home or not. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think Oklahoma beats TCU in this one. Like you said, uh, if I would have said – after the Texas loss, I, I would have looked at the, ahead at this game and said, well, maybe TCU gets them. Uh, because they're not as good as you think. But now the way Texas has played, it looks like Tom Herman just got that team on track and uh, that Texas is on their way back to prominence. And so to to me, that's a good Texas team that Oklahoma lost to, and it doesn't look that bad on their resume now. So, yeah, I mean, I do agree that I think uh, TCU can keep it closer, but I, I don't think TCU can get this win. 
All right, they got Big Ten. We got Michigan versus Michigan State. This one's playing at Michigan State, so I, I I'm going with Michigan, but I think this one could be one of those crazy games that could end up sneaking up on Harbaugh. But I'm going to go with the safe pick. I'm just going to go with Michigan on this one. Wasn't it like – was that like two years ago where this was like a really top ten matchup or so that ended up like on a block kick or something, block punt or block yeah, field goal yeah, or something? Yeah, it was a block punt, yeah. Michigan yeah, State's so I mean, I, I, I could see magic like that happening again, but I'm not going to predict it. I'm going to go with Michigan too. You know, who who is Michigan State? I don't really know after you beat Penn State, but, you know, the week before that you lost to Northwestern. Um, and then, uh, you know um, – after after Michigan kind of handled Wisconsin uh, last week, uh, pretty pretty big. Then uh, I think they're rolling with all the momentum right now. So I, I just uh, you know who knows in college football anymore? I don't know. I, I seriously don't. But I'm gonna ride with Michigan uh, to, to win this. I think this is a safer bet anyway. Well, uh, I'll tell you, I'm gonna take Michigan in this, and I don't even think it's close. Like Adam thinks, I think Michigan is uh, Michigan State. They shouldn't even be at twenty four. At four and two, I don't know how they've snuck them back in at twenty at twenty four. Michigan State's losses were bad, and yes, they pulled off things they shouldn't have pulled off. But Michigan State is not that great of a football team this year. Michigan's the much better team, and Michigan, other than that loss to Notre Dame, which is the first game of the season in a tough environment to play against, maybe the best defense in college football, or you know, second best defense in college football uh then i adam take that little smirk i saw that smirk when i said that uh you don't think notre dame is one of the best defenses in college football no they're not in the top five. Oh, are you kidding me oh god god man you couldn't be more no that's, they're gonna get exposed that's, by, that's your i will be redeemed. that is your no no wait, wait stop because that is that is your prejudice against Notre Dame saying no. that because anybody with eyes can see that Notre Dame is at least a top five. Vanderbilt, defense. Vanderbilt had them last <laughs> second until that that game proved me right. You just there, got done not. saying Vanderbilt was good. <laughs> they're because good, of but that. they're not that. They're uh, they're who they are. But they, the fact that it proves that Notre Dame is not a Michigan, top five defense. <laughs> regardless, in this game, Michigan Shea Patterson. Uh, Harbaugh's got him going. I got Michigan in this game over Michigan State by two. And that scores. Notre Dame Vanderbilt was quite a long time ago, Adam. You're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give that one up. That was what like week two of the season. Nah, you know? I'm just saying there. This is 2012 all over again. All the Kool Aid. <laughs> I hope I hope Notre Dame goes undefeated and ends up in that four spot because I want that game so bad just to do it again because I know what's gonna happen. But that's not even fair because this yeah. year th- this year basically Alabama is a, is an NFL team. It don't matter. They still, if you're that, if you're a big boy and Notre Dame's that good, then but they nobody be able to... <laughs> is that good. Alabama is going to beat whoever they play by four scores. It's not fair to judge any team on what they would do against Alabama because Alabama could beat any team in the league by four scores. It's not. Uh, if they I mean, got the number it's one. It's not defense, even going to be close. Like you claim, then they should be able to do it. Be, it should be close then. It, no, it okay. shouldn't hey, that, because even the number hey, one defense my... can't do it. Against Alabama, that's what I'm saying, guys. What's that, that's Brandon? my other prediction. Al- Alabama's the only team in the SEC that's going to make the uh, playoffs this year. Oh yeah, I think, I think that likely. was sealed up with the, Georgia. Well, yeah. actually, there's yeah. only one. Other, there's one other way it could happen, which LSU, would be ridiculous. LSU, LSU beats yeah, Alabama yeah. in a close game, then LSU throttles Georgia or Kentucky, whoever, because the East is still up for grabs. And I think which LSU would beat Georgia again. 
And then, well, and, and, and you see, know, what do you do? You know, it depends on how you, the rest though, of the field plays out. Let me tell you, though, what uh, uh, I want to go back to what you said because you got me fired up now. I, I just want you to know you got me fired up. I'm sweating he's and a, stuff. He's a secret Look, Notre Dame homer. No, it? I'm not a Notre Dame homer. Let me tell you, though, uh, the reason I don't like the what you're talking about is saying, well, if they're so good, then they should be able to compete against Alabama when Alabama is basically like, I, I don't know, on par with the New York Giants as far as uh, talent. And, <laughs> they uh, would beat Arizona. And, uh, <laughs> they'd, beat, they'd beat the Cardinals. Yeah. So yeah, they would. what I'm saying is uh, this is the same kind of thing they're going to do to UCF. If they let UCF in the playoff, they probably won't. But if they do let them in the playoff and they're number four and they go against Alabama, they'll get destroyed. And Alabama will probably destroy whoever they play in the championship game. But they'll say they'll they'll use it. They won't they won't use it as a negative against whoever was in the championship game. They'll use it as a negative against UCF and say, well, if they were that good, they should have. But this is an well, odd year because Alabama is so far better than everybody else that you can't judge somebody by their performance against Alabama. You just can't. Well, something else uh, Chad said earlier, and I'll make this real real quick. That you, when you were talking about, you know, the conspiracy theories, and would Alabama be better off if they lost a game and not made the SEC championship? Which we've seen that happen before. I'm in complete favor of eliminating these power, at least power five title game, conference title games, and expand the playoffs. These title games mean nothing. It depends on who you ask. Uh, Adam, I mean, uh, Adam would probably say different because he, will, I don't know. But some fans like those title conference title yeah, games, but I think they should all title games one. mean nothing to me i like them let me tell you what i like though i think they should be used as a de facto extra playoff he thinks that you have to win your conference i believe yeah that that it should be considered as an expansion of the play an extension of the playoffs that you should have to win your conference to even get into the playoffs i don't think you should be able to get in the playoffs without winning your conference I know, I know basketball is completely different, but look how many times the ultimate NCAA champion doesn't even win their conference tournament. It means nothing. It means nothing to me. I don't care. I, I'll never remember who wins them. I don't care. All I want well, is that's the true. Well, at least they get, they get auto bids. They, it, all the conference winners get auto bids in those tournaments, so at least they, it does mean something because they, every conference tournament winner auto bids into the tournament. I would much rather see an opening round of a uh, opening uh, round of a sixteen round NCAA football tournament than a conference title game any day. I don't care who the competition is. Oh no, is, the SEC ones yeah. have been pretty good. <laughs> but most yeah, overall, but most of them do are terrible. Though. Yeah. Especially when a team cannot even be in that game and sneak in and win the whole thing, like we've seen. Right, right. Yeah, and I agree. I think they should have. Well, I agree that way. But I, I think that everybody should have a title game. It should be a set. You know, two division. You know, uniform across the board, but they've, they're they not going to do that. They've pretty much decided they're only going to pick the best four, what they think is the best four, which is a subjective. But it's ridiculous because losing a conference championship should eliminate you because that should be right. – in of, some cases it gives you an I'm, advantage. I'm in favor of that instead of expanding the playoffs. I think expanding the playoffs adds too many games and stuff. I think that – and it's too – I think it's just a little more complicated. I, but I think that if you uh, – in, in – in lieu of doing that, instead of adding another playoff round, just say you have to win your conference, and then by default you've added another playoff round because everybody has to play a conference championship game. Well, if you do that, then I'll say at least go to eight, take the Power Five and the next three best. Take the Power Five conference winners and then eight. take the next three best. Then UCF would have a chance. I don't think you would see it, though. Games. I think you may see one day they expand to six and give the top two teams a bye. 
I, I think that's but even as then far you give as them the advantage. Goes. Imagine giving Alabama a bye week on top of that. I mean, I, I think the playoffs <laughs> have been wildly successful, and they've seen that. So I think it's only inevitable that they're going to expand it further because no one, no one has said this has been a disaster. It's been right. a success yeah. from the yeah. get-go. And they've had some good – yeah, there's but been some good Anyway, matchups. well, let's get back to the picks, and we're going to have to move fast now because yeah. of my rant. But yeah, just, just, very, to, just to recap – Notre Dame is one of the best defenses in the country. <laughs> and, you know, you can look at the paper if you'd like to. I, they they actually show it on there. It doesn't show they're in the top five. But I don't know. It depends on what stat you're looking at. <laughs> it'll get proven wrong. Just give, give it time. It'll, it'll, it'll all come down. But we got – yeah, Jerry wants his picks too, so <laughs> – We'll go to the Mar- – did we do the American? We didn't no, do this no. Since, uh, we got Cincinnati at Temple in Temple. This is going to be an upset game for me. I think Cincinnati takes their first loss because Temple's been no joke here lately. Oh but they're playing in New Jersey, so. Yep, I got Temple. It they just beat Navy. what you think. <laughs> oh, I agree. I agree. Oh Temple, they gosh. just beat Navy, and Cincinnati oh has beat no one. Cincinnati Cincinnati's has played garbage, no one. Yeah. Oh. Some people are dumb. Yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> I mean – are you two kidding? Y'all are just trying to make you, me mad tonight. You, you, you guys Temple? just want me to get my blood pressure up and go home <laughs> ill. I'm going to have to stop at the gym and run some of this off. Cincinnati is not going to lose to Temple. It's not even going to be close. You remember what he said, Brandon. <laughs> hey, I, I, thought I, told y'all, I thought I told y'all Memphis might beat UCF, too, and they, they were dead gum close. Hey, it made me some money. I don't want to say that. <laughs> I took them. I took them against the spread and the under, so I, I came out good in that one. AAC, you can't predict it. There you go. And then what we got. Uh, let's see. We go down. Oh, Penn State and Indiana. It's overwhelming. Penn State. I go with Penn State, but they better watch Indiana though. Yeah, Penn State better watch out just because of the kind of roller coaster they're on. But I got Penn State. Yeah, Penn State. Penn State. Then we got ACC. Got NC State at Clemson. It's undefeated NC State. I think this is close. Clemson wins, but I think they barely get it by out of this game. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think NC State has really been tested yet, um, so there is a chance that we just don't know who they are, right. but I'm going to go with Clemson at home. Yeah, I got Clemson. Just because it's in Death Valley, I do think it'll be yeah, a good game, but a, uh, in Death Valley, I think Clemson has the advantage. And we sure. got Pac-12, Colorado at Washington. They're playing in Washington, I think, just but they finally got exposed. I think Washington's going to win this game. Yep, two teams coming off a loss there, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with the home team, Washington. And then he got SEC. I, hey, I didn't make my pick. <laughs> Just trying to, to cut me out on. of the show. <laughs> it's Adam and Chad. <laughs> make your pick, man. This is my upset pick, Colorado over Washington. Oh, man. And then, then you got an SEC, a guy, Mississippi State at LSU at, in Baton Rouge at night. I'm going with LSU. Yep, LSU. LSU. Then we got Pac-12, Oregon at Washington State. That's my upset. I think Washington State takes down Oregon because they're playing at Washington State. I'm going with Oregon. Uh, Then we got North Texas at UAB at UAB. I'm going North Texas. Yep, been more impressed with what North Texas has done this year. Haven't seen either one of them play one down of football, so I'm going (laughs) with North Texas for no reason. Got Utah, Utah, USC at Utah. I think Utah wins this game. It's oh, in Utah. gosh. I knew you would make me mad again. No, I'm making you mad, too, because I'm yeah. going with the home And the rest of the country is going for it, too. It's, oh. it's like a 60-30 or 70-30. In honor of California Dave, who's winning our pick'em right now, 
<laughs> He's just doing it suck up to him. SC's <laughs> no, I'm not. SC's going to win this one over Utah. Utah is, Utah is uh, not as good as their record says this year. I got USC in this one. He's Stanford 42. Clay Helton. If anything, I'm a Clay Helton homer. <laughs> That's yeah. No, I believe that. All I right. Thanks for joining us, Brandon. You got Good it, guys. Talk Good to you later. next week. All right. And that'll do it for us. Adam and Chad will be back next week for another round. If we don't have a falling out in the meantime. <laughs> for Adam Craig and everybody else here at the Grace Broadcasting Studios, I'm Chad Gatlin. See you.